Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Welcome to Hollywood and Levine. I am Ken Levine, your podcast host. Thanks so much for being here. My guest this week, Pam Fryman. This is part two of my interview with Pam. If you missed part one, after you listen to this, go back and check that out. Pam is one of the premier sitcom directors in television. She has worked on 90 different shows or pilots. She directed 196 episodes of How I Met Your Mother, 95 episodes of Just Shoot Me, 34 episodes of Frasier, 20 episodes of Two and a Half Men. Uh, She was also in daytime television at the start of her career, and she directed 24 episodes of Santa Barbara. If you missed part one, like I said, um, you know, check it out. Uh, My guess is if you heard part one, you couldn't wait for part two. She's a great guest. Pam Fryman, this week on Hollywood and Levine. Well, I've always said that when you're a freelance director, it's very much like being a substitute teacher. <laughs> that that yes. you come in and they don't know you and you don't know them. And certainly that first day is really a period of adjustment. I would say that is exactly right. And there are some actors who immediately embrace you. There are some actors who test you for sure. Yeah. And it's, you know, it can be not as comfy as, uh, you know, you want it to be, but somehow you hopefully know how to handle people and get through that first day. And then it starts to even out. But yeah, in the beginning of your career, you're constantly doing it because you're going to one new show after another. And you hope that hope that word of mouth um, maybe gets there before you do. And then people say nice things. And were you ever intimidated by any actors? I have to say I was intimidated by three actors. Okay. And looking at our IMDBs, they were two shows that we both worked on. Okay, go ahead. I need to know. So Malcolm McDowell on Pearl. Yes. Okay. With that one, I thought, I was saying to a writer friend of mine, oh, my God, this guy was in Clockwork Orange with Stanley <laughs> Kubrick, you know, and now I'm going to be directing him. Right, and, right. and he reminded me that he was also in Caligula. OK, so, so that helped. And Malcolm turned to be turned out to be great. And on Encore Encore. That's the one I was going to say. Nathan Lane and Joan Plowright. 
<laughs> Absolutely. And Glenn Headley. And Glenn Headley, yes. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine? And I have to tell you that when I did that, and maybe you had the same experience, everybody was so in awe of the people. It's And when we were, I remember specifically when the crew was on stage, that people were almost afraid to laugh. Like they were being so respectful of the actors. And then something happened in, in a scene and it was so funny and everybody laughed and it was, it finally was okay. But it was, I was so intimidated. It, it was, that was a wild ride. And they yeah. were lovely. They were all lovely. Exactly. Exactly. And uh, good. Nice to know that, that it wasn't me. And oh, I God. found with Joan Plowright, look, I'm not going to say, Joan, l- l- let me show you how to make this funny. But... <laughs> you know, she she needed business. So right. I figured out, OK, you come in, you put your coat down here, then you go to the tea service, then you bring the tea to the and she was like, OK, good. And then then she did it. And, and she was and she was perfect. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. The only other thing I remember from that show is we were rehearsing a scene with Nathan and he jumped up on the bed and was doing something like he was being bigger than big, just trying something mm-hmm. to which I replied, that's so great. Do you want to just try it down here? You know, just try a different version. And he said, Kelsey Grammer could do that. It was like one of those things. I'm like, whatever you want, whatever, if you're happy, <laughs> it's fantastic. But it's like, you just don't know you know, exact, you have to get to know the actors. And that's what is so wonderful when you can be with a show for a while so that all of those first day jitters can be worked out and you can have a cast that trusts you and you can know what they like to do um, and how far to push them. And, you know, a lot of people just save it for when you're shooting and, it's hard to know all of that initially. So when you can hang on a show for a while, it gets to be so much easier. It's so much more fun. Yeah. I remember Just Shoot Me. You did 95 episodes. I I did did one. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I had, I know, some note for George Siegel. And he balked at it. Yeah. And, And I said, again, this was the first day. I said, Morris, you disappoint me, which was like a famous line from No Way to Treat a Lady. Oh, my God. And he laughed, and he loved the fact that I knew that. Of course. So after that, we were fast friends. Do you know I have a George Siegel story, too? And it was before Just Shoot Me. I originally met him on Naked Truth, Naked Truth, the Taya Leone show. And he, and I was such a fan, such a fan. And he was playing Taya's father and Mary Tyler Moore was playing her mother. I am working with these people that I, I revere in such a way that it's hard to even speak to them. And at the, we're rehearsing a scene and George turns to me and says, 
will you tell Mary not to do that? It was something at the end because he felt like it. And I, and somehow without skipping a beat, I turned to him and I said, it's Mary Tyler Moore. How can I tell Mary Tyler Moore that? It's like, and he laughed and we became friends. And he's, he's the one who went to Steve Levitan and told him to bring me to just shoot me. Oh, that's great. Right. It was that moment if I didn't I was just I couldn't believe that I was working with Mary Tyler Moore and George Siegel and yeah. I still can she was on her best behavior that week yes for sure yeah okay for sure. not always oh uh, Ken. <laughs> Ken I want to have a long dinner with you <laughs> yeah that was quite an experience uh, we spa- we spared you that one. Oh, uh, <laughs> thank you the the other thing when you're freelancing, especially your first script with a show, mm-hmm. I find you're at the mercy of the script itself. And if it's a good script and an easy week, then everybody loves you. Absolutely. And if it's a script that is snake bitten, has to be rewritten, there's all kinds of problems. Again, generally, the director takes part of the fall. You 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 get that stink on you. There is no doubt about it. People remember how they felt that week. They yeah. don't really remember the details. Yeah, exactly. A hundred percent. Yeah. 100%. Plus, you deal with showrunners, and television is really the showrunner's medium. Yes. Um, have you ever had examples of showrunners just coming in and reblocking and stuff like yes, that? I have. I absolutely have, especially early on in um, my career. I actually had someone come down and I was blocking a scene with cameras and I was going along doing it and I was talking to the cameras and then I turned to talk to the cast and when I turned back, the cameras had moved to another set. <laughs> I literally moved the cameras and was doing something else. And I was like, "How? what just happened? <laughs> yes. So absolutely. And then I've also, I remember a time, uh, You maybe you've had this happen before, but where you're actually shooting and you're watching that quad split and you have a showrunner like pointing at shots, like miming their frustration or disappointment, or I don't know what, maybe their enthusiasm. I could never quite understand what it was um, during the scenes. So you're like, am I am I doing something good? Am I doing something bad? Give me a hint. What's happening? But yes, you are trying to learn everybody's tastes. And what I did initially Um, is I would sit down with the showrunner when I was coming on a new show and say, tell me what you like. Um, This is how I'm used to shooting. This is the size of my singles. This is the size of, this is, I like, you know, is there something specific that you're finding that you really like or don't like? Because any any information is always so helpful. I'll tell this story. I probably have told it before, but you'll appreciate this. My very first, show was wings mm. and it's show night and it's six thirty, and the audience is beginning to file in right and i get a new scene 
Okay. Again, that's my first thing. So I get a new scene. So I can't even rehearse it on the stage. So I go back to the actors and I explain, I say, look, just do this once for the audience. And then we'll just go back and we'll block and shoot and make it work. And, and I told Peter Casey, one of the showrunners, that's what we were going to do. Right. So now it's time for that scene. And we had an NBC executive looking over our shoulder. We did that one scene and the cameras, because we had talked to the camera guys and said, here, just get what you can get. Well, it was utter chaos. The the cameras were swishing around and getting noses and stuff. I mean, it was just insane. And when the scene was over, I said, okay, cut, good, moving on. And the NBC guy goes, whoa, whoa, wait, what do you mean moving on? <laughs> and, and I said, well, I'm doing something stylistically here. Like right. when, you, when, you, when you see it, it will be fine. And he turned to Peter Casey and Peter went, yeah, that's, that's what we're doing. And <laughs> oh, my God, that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, only, that would only happen on your first episode, though. Exactly. That's never happened to me again. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I know Andy Ackerman, who is a a terrific director. He is. I I asked him about freelance directing, and he said, no matter who you are, if you direct 10 shows, you're going to find, like, three that love you, five think you're okay, and two that hate you. And... (laughs) <laughs> you just you just got to maintain whatever your style is. Right. Yeah. Right. I think that's true. I um that's true. How do you deal with actors who aren't funny? Um and yes. you can't and you can't replace them. Right. <laughs> um I had that, I, I, obviously we've all had that situation of we've been lucky enough to do this for any uh, amount of time. Um, you never stop trying. Um, and you do a lot of pre-shooting. And um, it, it's it's a, it's so unfortunate when something like this happens because it doesn't just affect, It's it's like, it's all of a piece. So it's not just those isolated lines that keep being said in the wrong way, but it takes the fun out of the entire scene. And I, I, it is so, it's like watching the bowling ball going down and like trying to keep it out of the gutter. You're trying everything <laughs> you can, but you just, you just can't. And um, look, I've had times when I have, literally done pickups where I've stood uh, with the cameras and thrown in line readings and had them parrot back to me, which I hate to do. And I find to be so rude, but at the end of the night, you're like, it's either him or me. Like this is not working, you know? Um, But you never give up and you, you're for me, I'm calm. I'm nurturing. I'm positive and I'm, I never say what you're doing is wrong. I say that was great. Let's try another way. What about this? How you know? And I do my best to make it 
seem like it's their idea. Um, but it's brutal. Boy, it's brutal. Yeah. I've had a couple of cases where there have been like athlete guest stars. Oh, of course. You know, and trying to get Carl Malone <laughs> to be funny. Oh, <laughs> it's God. not like he has any Meisner training. Oh, Ken. <laughs> it's so great. But it's Carl Malone. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. Oh, exactly. So good. Exactly. So good. Or, or you'll have some supermodel. Yes. And, uh, you know, at first you're like, oh, my God, she's just, you know, so gorgeous. gorgeous. But by the time you get to the third day when she, an enemy of comedy. Yes. And you go, they I, are. I don't care what you look like. Yes. Just say the line. Please just say it. Please. <laughs> I know. I know. It's terrible. Yeah, it, it really is. On the other hand, look how blessed we are. Oh. You more so than me because you've done so many more shows. But how many truly wonderful actors I, I, you've I, had a I, chance to work with it's 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 a thrill beyond uh, beyond description i i i can't tell you and i i also have to say that that doesn't go away i mean i i every time i drive on a lot i am so excited i feel so lucky that i get to continue to do this i never imagined this and um and not only the people in front of the camera, the people behind the camera, too. I mean, it's just I, I can't get over um, the experiences that I've had. I feel wildly lucky um, that I get to do this. And I and I, I the interesting thing is that a lot of people have asked me, um, aren't you tired of doing this? Don't you want to go do that? And it's like to me, every week is different. I mean, it's not, I'm not, mm -hmm. I, I guess I'm doing the same job, but I'm not. If I'm going from show to show, every script is different. Every script has different demands. Every script, you know, has different guest actors. You're always trying to kind of, you know, reinvent comedy a little bit, you know? I mean, you're just trying to find something new and exciting. And I, I'm not bored by it. I'm sort of invigorated by it. And, um, and I just feel really lucky. And show night. I used to love show night. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You get the audience and there's yeah. that energy and it comes like alive. It. And as you say, there are certain actors. Ted Danson is oh. one where as good as he is in rehearsal, when that red light is on, he oh, yeah. just, you know, it goes yeah. up a notch. Oh, yeah. it's, it's thrilling. And, you know, it's interesting for me because I've done primarily audience shows in my career, but I spent nine years on How I Met Your Mother and we didn't have an audience. I was going to ask you about that. How yeah. do you keep the energy and the fun you know, up you in a situation like to, that? You have to be the audience, you know? The crew is the audience. You're the audience. You trust yourselves. You make it as loose and as fun as you can make it. You talk about working fast. I mean, that kind of energy really helps. Um and it really was the only way to do a show like that. There were too many scenes, too many sets. And that was nine years of that show. And now on How I Met Your Father, we're doing the same thing. But 
the the last episode we shot this season, which was the 30th episode, we actually took half of the show and did it in front of an audience for the first time. We pre-shot everything and then did it just as sort of an experiment and for fun. And it was fantastic. I'm I'm afraid it was too good because I was going to say, I bet it was better. Yeah, of course it was. And I said, here's the deal. You want to write a multicam show with an audience, please feel free. I would love to do it. But the way you write now, we can't do it in front of an audience. So you have a decision to make and we'll figure out what they do. But there's nothing like it. There's nothing like it. You did 195, 196 episodes of How I Met Your Mother. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That was a terrific show, by the way. You know what? It was a joy. It was a remarkable experience. It was the greatest people. And you just, I couldn't wait to come back every year. And that nine years is like, what? How does that happen? My kids were 11. Then they were like graduating from college. It was like, (laughs) what? Um, But it was a wonderful experience. And I'm so close. I I had breakfast with Allison Hannigan this morning. I still see all of them. They're great. Sure. Sure. And you officiated Neil Patrick Harris's wedding. I officiated Neil's wedding. I officiated Kobe's wedding. I think they they just were good at taking direction from me. So, I, you know, they, they listened to me. They're, they're all my kids. What can I tell you? I'm very proud of them. They did good. You also did a live show where you oh. did Good Times. And Talk yes. about that experience. It is, it was terrifying. I only did it because uh, Jimmy Burroughs could not do it. He was doing the um, the last episode of Will and Grace. And he called me and he said, you need to do this. And you're going to want to say no, but you're not allowed. And you're going to, you're going to be scared. And that's too bad. It was like, he was like, here's, here's what's <laughs> And I bet he was and right. he's always been, by the way, besides being obviously... Jimmy Burroughs, you don't need to say much more. He's always been unbelievably supportive of me from the very beginning. Um, and when I would go to a different show, I remember specifically going to George and Leo and working with Bob Newhart and Judd Hirsch. And he would make sure to say to them, she she knows what she's doing. Like he would always just do something like that before I walked in because I used to follow him on a lot of shows. And he just he's been remarkable to me. But um, this was not at all what I thought it was going to be. I have to be honest. And because of the schedules of certain actors, I had one like four hour slot where they were all there. That was oh, it. Wow. Otherwise, that you're, was, you're they doing weren't there. There were stand-ins. There were, it, was, oh, man. it was a beautiful episode of All in the Family. And then an episode of Good Times. Um, the most fantastic actors imaginable. But what it became about, it was more a sporting event than it was what I knew. The thing I love is being on stage and working with actors and figuring things out. There was no time for that. It was like thrown on its feet. And then you were in a a truck, really. Like the, the one that they used for the Super Bowl. And it was all about cameras. There were, you know, eight cameras and a crane and a thing and a whatever. And it was all about getting all of those shots down. So um, it was trial by fire. 
there were remarkable technical people there who held me up every step of the way. My fingers weren't used to snapping. I hadn't done that since daytime. Um, but it was a beautiful show. Um, they got their Emmy that year, which I was thrilled about. I didn't get in the way of that. So I felt like I didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> um, and um, it was an incredible experience. But it's live TV. I would leave to somebody else. It's not It's not my favorite thing. I, I prefer to, you know, get in there and spend time. But it was a privilege. It was an absolute privilege. Were there screw-ups? Did they go up on lines and things yes, like that? Yes. It's not on... Um, all in the family was perfect. And it was um, uh, just an exquisite episode um, that went off without a hitch. On Good Times, we had John Amos come back to play um, a different character. Um, and he had a little trouble with his lines. But, you know, people just pulled it together. It's one of those things where you cut to the control booth and people are going through the scripts trying to find, where are we? Does anybody, you know? Cause it was, <laughs> but, um but you know what? It worked somehow. And you go to commercial and you all go, oh, my God. Okay. 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 We're all right. Um, but it was it's thrilling. There's nothing like it, man. And then there's no editing. You got to like that. That's right. Yeah. You're done. Right? Exactly. <laughs> you're, you're done. Party. Yeah. If, you, if you're awake enough to party, which I wasn't. When I uh, talked to Jimmy about it and his experience, he said that he went to the cast beforehand and said, you know, you will never have this experience again. J just enjoy it. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's absolutely true. And Woody Harrelson and Marissa Tomei and, and Viola Davis and Andre Brower. I mean, there were such heavy hitters throughout and they, they were remarkable. It was who did you have? That's who, who you... I had too. Oh, had you had Andre Brower. Yeah. yeah. Okay. They were extraordinary, and and so many more. Um, uh, but it turns out I'm better suited to watch it from the comfort of my living room than I am being in a control booth. <laughs> That's my sweet spot. I mentioned at the um, beginning of this, which was two days ago. By the way, in fact, I, I, sh I should mention yes, that, please that, do. Please that in the middle of recording this podcast, yes. the power went out in Pam's house. It certainly did. For, <laughs> for a couple of hours, I'll have you know. I thought it was something I said. But so uh, this, this is being recorded this in two different two. sections. Yes. Yeah. Boy, we're troopers. <laughs> thank God thank the power for, didn't go out during good times. Say again. Thank God the power didn't go out during good times. Well, yes, I mean that could have gone either way. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but anyway, as I mentioned at the top, uh, yes. you directed a pilot for us. Yes. You've directed any number of pilots now. Talk yes. about the unique challenges that pilots present. Oh boy, so many, so many. Um, there's really no um, instruction booklet for a pilot. Uh, but usually you get a little more time, which is lovely. And um, it's a lot of rehearsal. It's a lot of 
talking about characters. It's a lot of talking with, for me, talking with writers and really trying to understand what their vision was. Because a lot of times when we're on stage, we're really just, we're playing detective, you know? I, I'm not in the writer's room. I'm not sure what the intention of every line is. I'm just trying to give them a version that I think works. And with a pilot, um, you have to be prepared for a lot of attention, a lot of notes that may come out of fear, you know, more mm -hmm. than, than reality. And you have to find a way to sort of deflect that and earn trust, not only from these new actors, um, but from writers who may be new at this and from executives who are worried about keeping their jobs. I mean, there are just so many elements, but I do like I always do make it as nurturing and as fun as it can be. Um, and it's lovely to watch. My favorite part is going from that table read to the shoot night and seeing, you know, actors, understand the process and grow into it. I mean, there's nothing like it. And it becomes what was scary in the beginning of the week becomes very exciting by the end of the week. It's sort of like sticking your landing at the end. Um, I think it's a thrill. And I think it's also an incredible privilege for someone to ask you to direct their pilot. It's just, it's their baby and they're trusting it to you. Um, and I've had a lot of really great experiences with pilots that have gotten picked up and pilots that haven't gotten picked up. Now, the pilot that we did together was a whole different. It was fun for so many other reasons. <laughs> there were some casting but, issues. But yes, yes. Yes. Yeah. But, you know, look, here we are. You know, a, I don't think I've ever told this story about uh, our pilot. Yes. Um the script was in very good shape. Very good shape. And when we had the network run through, Gail Berman, who was the president of Fox at the time, okay. gave us very few notes. So we went back and and we had put together pretty much an all-star uh, group of writers oh to, to help us out. The best of the best. And and I remember saying, you know, I'm still not certain that we have the very best ending. Let's pitch on it. And we pitched on it. We came up with something else and we wrote a new ending. And uh, the next morning, I get a call from the studio executive who is apoplectic. Like, what's this new ending? said, yeah, we didn't think the ending worked. Well, Gail Berman didn't have a problem with it. Yeah, but we did. Well, okay, if you, you're sure this is going to work? I said, no, <laughs> no, I have no idea. Sure. I have no idea until we see it. No. And he goes, all right, well, if it doesn't work, then will you promise you'll go back to what you had? And I said, wait, no, you don't understand that's gone. If this doesn't work, there'll be a different ending tomorrow right. and there'll be a different ending the day after that until we get an ending that we feel works. He just, again, the fear, he just couldn't understand. It's Absolutely. like, well, if the network liked it, 
why are you changing it? And the new ending worked real well, actually. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh what a fantastic group of writers. Gosh, we were so lucky. We needed each other that week, so that was good. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was still fun. Anyway, uh, this has really been great. I so appreciate you taking the time twice. <laughs> what are we doing tomorrow? What are we doing tomorrow? I know. Oh, I feel, you know, Ken, I'm, I'm, I admire you so much and I'm such a fan. And I, I, I think this podcast is great, but I have loved working with you over the years. And maybe someday we'll meet on stage again. And, and love to your daughter. Oh, thanks. Thanks. So yeah, much. Pam directed the series that my daughter worked on. She's so uh, Call talented. your mother. She's so that's, great. That's She's great. So Thank, Thank you, Pam. Ken. Okay. We'll talk Cut soon. Print. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and that's my two-part interview with Pam Fryman. Our thanks, as always, to Adam and Susie Meister, Butler, Howard Hoffman, Bruce and Jason Miller, and uh, if you have any questions or anything that you want to know from me, you can always email me at hollywoodlevine at outlook.com. That is hollywoodlevine at outlook.com. Thanks so much for listening. We will see you again next week. Hollywood and Levine.